Good afternoon. Welcome to the panel RNZ National. Wallace Chapman with you. Now, Te Karaka residents are being asked to self-evacuate as the uh, Waipawa River exceeds 7.5 millimetres, expected to rise further. We'll update you with any details to hand there. The orange heavy rain warning is expected to be raised to red this afternoon uh, and uh, sustained rainfall expected to cross the entire region until 12pm Sunday. And if you live by a river and you're concerned, please make a decision to evacuate during daylight hours. To this first, though, a petition of 36,589 signatures has been presented to MPs outside Parliament today, this afternoon. What was it about? Bottom trawling in the Hauraki Gulf Marine Park. A range of recreational fishing, environmental law, corporate and business organisations known as the Hauraki Gulf Alliance delivered a petition calling for bottom trawling, scallop dredging and Danish seining to be banned from within that marine park. They say a treasure trove of marine life uh, has been pushed to the brink by a century of destructive Human practices that includes bottom trawling. With us is spokesperson for Legacy, Sam Wolford. Kia ora, Sam. Kia ora, Wallace. Many actually might be quite surprised to know that bottom trawling exists in the Hauraki Gulf Marine Park. Explain the issue. Yeah, well, it is surprising. Um, and I guess the first thing is that the marine park is actually much bigger than most people realise. So it actually goes all the way from Parkery down to almost down to Pongamata includes Aotearoa Great Barrier, Little Barrier, that sort of thing as well. Um, our, our point is simply that it is a marine park. Uh, we know those three fishing techniques are quite destructive. They have a lot of impact on the biodiversity, and the regulations are being reviewed, so it seems timely to talk about phasing them out. So uh, what sort of... Uh, is there actually bottom trawling? What style of bottom trawling in the Hauraki Gulf? Well, so, yeah, there's a, there's a number, but the main one is literally the idea that we have these huge nets and they have sleds and ropes and chains that run between the sleds and the, the boat, uh, the commercial vessels will just drag them up and down the seafloor. Now, what's alarming is it's actually quite important to have them on the seafloor because creating that dust and the disturbance is what scares the fish into the nets. So by doing that, by, by running along the seafloor, you're smashing all the crabs, the crustaceans, the invertebrates, the seaweed. You know, you're doing a whole lot of damage to the ecosystem just with the um, idea of catching a few fish. Okay. Well, Brian, David and Nikki as well, Sam, uh, we talked to, uh, we got in touch with Jeremy Halson. He's the Seafood NZ Chief Executive. Look, this is what he said. People might be surprised to know that we only need to fish a small part of the Gulf to maintain uh, a supply of fish Aucklanders. So 84% of the inner Gulf is closed to trawling. 27% of the entire Hauraki Gulf Marine Park is closed to trawling and dangerous sailing. Of the remaining 73%, we fish about half of this. So it's less black and white than we think. There's room for both here, Sam. We also want our fish. Absolutely. And we're not saying that the commercial fishing is bad. What we're saying is these fishing techniques are destructive. And there are plenty of good examples of more selective fishing techniques. There's a company that fishes out of Lee. It's called Lee Fish. They longline. They've fished like that for a century. It's sustainable and it's responsible. So we can absolutely adjust our behaviours. The second point is that if we actually look at our scallop industry, it's gone. 
So the scallop, the last scallop fishery was closed last year by David Parker, and that industry, which was reliant on scallops, has been dredged into oblivion. So economically, we are at risk. If we don't look after the environment, our economic viability is also at risk. OK, let's go around the panel on this. Nikki. I was shocked, as you say, Wallace. I didn't know that we had bottom trawling going on right here. And, uh, I, yeah, I was really shocked to hear that. I, I wonder what the alternative is if we're not doing trawling. Are the, mm, no, actually, this is not the question I want to ask. What I want to ask is I wonder if there's an economic argument to be made. Does the bottom trawling actually impact on other kinds of commercial fishing? Yes, it does. Um, because it's also quite indiscriminate. So when they're dragging these nets along the seafloor, they're also catching every fish in the way. So if you've got species like Trevally or John Dory or Gurnard, which are under pressure, they're still going to be caught off in the nets while the fishing is targeting snapper, for example. So they're then not able to be caught by other fishes? No. Or if those uh, populations are already really low and we're catching the last fish while trying to catch other species obviously that's going to have a compounding effect on the biodiversity as well. Yeah, so it's good for everyone to get rid of this practice then. All right, David Farrow. I think there's two factors here. The first is presumably the fishing industry does bottom trawling because for them it's more economic, they can catch more fish quicker, uh, and it probably has an impact on what price you pay for fish. Having said that, there's an argument that there may be areas where bottom trawling is fine. When we're talking marine park, the whole idea behind marine parks, and we have also marine sanctuaries, etc., is there is not just a fishing location, it's for recreation, it is for other uses. And when you balance those up, I agree. I think in the Hauraki Marine Park, we shouldn't be looking at bottom trawling. There's other areas which aren't marine parks where I would not have a problem with it happening, but I think Hauraki is, is incredible jewel in, in for Auckland and for everyone who lives up there. Uh, so I certainly would favour that we, we look at restricting uh, if, if not eliminating okay. it there. Interesting. All right, Dave, both Dave and Nikki on the same side here regarding um, sort of getting rid of bottom trawling on the Hauraki Gulf. And let me, let me ask Ask your listeners, did you know that? Did you know that there was bottom trawling in the Hauraki Gulf Marine Park? Look, the other issue is do we know the main threat from the Gulf and to the Gulf comes from bottom trawling? Because surely there are very uh, there are other areas, and I think this Jeremy Halson pointed this out, um, population growth and land use practices that cause sediment, pathogens and other contaminants. I mean, sedimentation from increased infrastructure and building, that is, as you well know, Sam, it's a really big issue up here. Look, I, I completely agree with that statement. Um, the point is is that it's not one thing that we're doing badly, it's a series of things. And land-based um, impacts are absolutely critical. We've, we've got to start addressing those. And the intertidal zone is a perfect example of that. You know, cockle beds, pippies, um, we're not seeing the, the bivalves that we used to because of the, the pollution and the access for the, the community to actually go out and get a feed as well. So it's not one thing, it's multiple impacts. But the other example I was just going to raise on that is that in the 1960s, the commercial industry dredged 500 square kilometres of the Hodeki Gulf to basically remove the mussel beds. 
So we've got a bit of work to do there. We, we, you know, we've got to change some of these behaviours that we want to see the Hauraki Golf return to it's a quite state. a surprise. So like scallops, scallops are Ruffles. out. No, scallops are out. Gosh, gone. Well, as a scallop lover, that's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Um, interesting, Sam. Uh, quite a bit of response uh, coming through. Before you go, can I just quickly ask you, because uh, I didn't before, what is what is Danish zaning? Or zining. <clears throat> so Dana zining is a slightly different technique, but what they do is they have a lot, one big boat and they pull a net with a smaller dory around a big school, predominantly bait fish, and then they'll just drag it from the bottom up to catch absolutely everything in that school of fish. The, the issue with that is often that um, you catch a whole lot of uh, other species. You'll, you'll catch predatory uh, species and that sort of thing as well while you're targeting the bait fish. So bait right. being a cornerstone species of the ecosystem, we want to protect that. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for being with us. That's Sam Wolf for their uh, spokesperson for Legacy. That news uh, out uh, at 1pm this afternoon. A petition of uh, nearly 37,000 people, signatures rather, uh, was presented to MPs outside Parliament. 17 pass for the panel. David Farrer, Nicky Bazant with me today. Uh, always enjoy your company. Thank you for listening. A uh, bit of response on this too. Here's one. I studied both Latin and Italian at Vic. I find this news devastating. Malcolm and Lower Hutt says, yes, I studied Latin and French at university 54 years ago, and it paid back in so many ways. So to this, entire subjects and 229 full-time equivalent roles will be axed at Victoria University if proposed cuts that staff describe as shocking Go ahead, reports RNZ's John Gerritsen. The potential cuts would eliminate uh, these roles and entire subjects, and that could include secondary teaching, German, Italian, Latin, tourism management, theatre, design technology, and geophysics. So what is lost to New Zealand society if we don't make other languages available to learn? And what were your experiences of learning a language at university, if you did, text me 2101. would love to hear from you. With us is School of Languages and Cultures head, Nicola Gillimore. Kia ora, Nicola. Are you there? I am, yes. Can Hello. You yes. Now, Italian, German, Greek, Latin, planning to be discontinued. Am I right? What have, what have you been right, told? yeah. Yeah, German, uh, yeah, German, Italian, Greek, and Latin discontinued, and um, severe cuts to French, Spanish, Chinese, Japanese, and Asian studies. How long have these languages been taught at the university? Well, today, well, this year, twenty twenty three, Italian will have been taught for a hundred years. This is the centenary year of Italian studies at Victoria University, and German has actually been taught at Vic even longer. So in the, in the very early days of the university, sort of in the 1900s, the early 1900s, there were classes in German available at VUW. And, of course, Greek and Latin are the classic um, old-school university disciplines, aren't they? So you, as the, the head of School of Languages and Cultures, how are you feeling about all this? Um, pretty devastated, to be honest, Wallace. Um, I'm in Spanish. Um, and our, our staffing will be hard, so I'm one of four people, two of whom are going to lose their jobs if this proposal goes through as it's set up. All right, David. 
Look, it's terrible what's happening, the scale of the cuts and where they're being located, where its entire departments might be closing down. And really the pressure does have to go on the government because rail is certainly true. Look, student numbers have fallen, which also means there will be some impact on revenue. There must be. There are things the government can do, such as look at a three-year funding cycle rather than annual funding. So you don't have the situation where you have one bad year and you have to lay off hundreds of people. They, The universities were not available to get the COVID wage subsidy because they're government owned. They weren't compensated for the international students they didn't have for the last two years. And their funding has been increasing less than inflation. So part of this is about fewer students have enrolled. But in the end, it is primarily that the government's decisions around funding, the cumulative impact of them has really put the universities in a position where, yeah, I don't blame the vice chancellors. If you've got 40 million dollar deficit you're not really allowed to to run deficit so really you know as i say uh funding has to to be increased not 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 necessarily in total over time but at least smoothing out that when you have a drop one year you don't have to make such dramatic cuts what do you make of that yeah what do you make of that nicola I absolutely agree. I mean, this is a this is the product of a systemic, very real underfunding over over decades, and um, you know, much has been made of this idea that oh no, universities are autonomous. Well, the government controls how university raises their fees and by how much. It controls eighty percent of university funding. It controls how much universities can be can borrow. So it's it's more like um, I don't know, maybe RNZ's autonomy in the sense of editorial freedom you know, rather than um, actual financial autonomy because we're not autonomous. And this is something the government should be responding to. And I totally agree with David that we should be having a different funding model. We've been trying to work together with other universities on our smaller subjects to share the load, you know, with sort of creative shared teaching between Auckland and, and Victoria with Italian and Latin, for example, to keep the subjects alive. And we're just not getting any traction from the government on understanding or being willing to listen at the moment, frankly. Yeah, a bit of support here. Rachel in Wellington says, I studied German at Victoria many years ago. Learning another language taught me to identify patterns and information in ways that has paid huge dividends throughout a career working with data. This is heartbreaking and New Zealand will be poorer for it in so many ways, uh, is Rachel's. You're talking uh, the uh, proposed cuts to languages at Victoria University. Nikki Bazant. Yeah, I wonder, Nicola, why these areas have been targeted for cuts. Are these subjects, languages, ones that there's less demand for now? Are there fewer students interested in these things? Um, sometimes with you know, the study of languages, it kind of comes and goes in fads. You know, a few years ago, Spanish was the rage, right? And we had I had classes of 200 at mm. first year. Gosh, it was wow. huge. Spanish was massive. And then, we saw, then COVID came along and the prospect of, I don't know, being in an international world kind of, I think young people felt a bit cut off from that, you know? And um, But yes, languages come and go. And Italian... For example, has no te- is not taught in high schools, mm-hmm. so it has um, kind of low visibility in in some parts of the country. Uh, not in Wellington, of course. We have a very proud local Italian community 
whose heritage language is Italian. Um, but, yeah, so it just depends a little bit. The other day we had a an engagement evening for high school kids for German. 96 students showed up. So I feel like we really are on the verge of, like, a, 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 a bit more of a, an increase in enrolment if we can just have some breathing space to work it through. But, um, it's just, is this just the reality, though? I mean, a vice... Chancellor, Vic's Vice Chancellor Nick Smith said he's openly acknowledged it was a quote blow to our community. Everyone, Nicola, is feeling the pressure. Everyone, but this is just pragmatism. Uh, there is a forecast $33 million deficit here. Yeah, but there's also a university that we want to continue to be able to run into the future to provide the kinds of education that, um, that New Zealanders need when we go out into the world, you know? Um, cutting German might save two salaries, but it's our fifth largest trading partner, you know, and a powerhouse of the EU where we signed a trade deal just a few months ago. So, well, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, we need to have a longer view. This is, this I feel like is a, a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And once this expertise, my colleague's expertise goes, it'll be gone forever. Well, it's nice to have you on the program, Nicola. Thanks for making time for us. Thank you so much for having me, Wallace. School of Languages and Cultures head Nicola Gilmore. Gosh, yes, Italian, German, Greek, Latin, planning to be discontinued. Ever studied another language, uh, varsity or otherwise? I yeah. studied French at high school. I loved okay. it. I Did it you like to, French? Yeah, yeah, I took it through to seventh form. I loved it. And you know what? I think there's so much benefit to how you to how you interact with <clears throat> with English actually when you learn it in another language, no matter what it is. Because learning a language helps you understand the structure. I mean, as a writer, for me, oh, yeah. learning, learning the structure of how languages are put together is so interesting, and it just enriches your life in so many ways. Yeah. Not to mention food. There's, you know, if you know a little bit of Italian, you you can get by in Italy pretty well yeah. if you know food yeah, Italian. A lot of support here. I found the languages I've studied German, Italian, French very helpful over my career in a multinational. I wish I'd learned Chinese as well. 26 pass for the panel RNZ National. That Now, by the way, that orange warning I talked about earlier, that has been updated to red. Uh, residents in the Gisborne town of Tekaraka are being asked to evacuate their homes in the Waipawa River. has breached more than 7.5 metres. It's still rising as the rain continues to fall. Uh, tied after the Civil Defence says Te Karaka Area School is an evacuation centre. Uh, and that orange warning has been updated to red. We'll keep you updated, of course, uh, on RNZ throughout uh, the afternoon and into the evening here. Uh, and lovely to have your company. Now, let kids get bored. It is good for them says an article in the New York Times. I can recall getting bored, very bored, but I would just go outside, get an old pram frame and make a go-kart or get some rope and wood, make a sled. Does boredom have its virtues, asked Catherine Pearson, who said there were times when my parents, this is Catherine, both working, did not give a hoot about whether I was sufficiently engaged or amused. But some experts say in doses, boredom can spur creativity and problem solving. I thought, mm, this is an interesting one to discuss for our panellists. What about you, David? Can you can you recall being bored and loving it or being bored uh, and just hating it? 
No, I, well, I wasn't bored, but I quite liked as a child solitary time to myself. I would create imaginary scenarios in my mind, and I'd be very happy just pottering around uh, to myself. I'm now I've a parent of a three and six year old, and I do get the I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, and <laughs> I agree with everything in the article about how it actually is good to force them to be bored for a bit so they'll think up what they want to do but also parenting is about survival and pragmatism so some of the time you just do the easy stuff and you say okay let's go build some lego together or do that etc so uh, it, the concept is great but you know kids are very persistent and um you have to get that balance right you've got to get the balance you've got to get them doing something and also, why be bored, Nikki, at six when you could always be improving yourself with something like piano lessons? Well, yeah, I mean, that's possible. But isn't it quite good to have just in between time, the time when you don't, when you're not doing anything, you're not scheduled to do anything? Seems to me we spend, really? don't we as adults spend most of our life sort of seeking out those moments where we have enough time to have the opportunity to be bored? Isn't this the... Be- you know, I can't we, remember we, the last time I was bored because I'm well, too busy. Well, that, exactly. I mean, isn't this the... Isn't the, the age of six, seven, eight, isn't this the great um, period to start thinking about productivity? If you start thinking about productivity when you're young, it flows on into life. But creativity as well. And you only get creativity when you just have time to noodle around and think and do nothing and play. Play. You know, yeah. don't kids now just kind of turn to devices when they're bored, uh, which is not the best. Yes, Christina says, uh, absolutely let children get bored sometimes. Let them use their own imagination and initiative. Don't crowd their young minds with an agenda. Uh, Michael yeah, says, uh, on the topic of boredom, here's my two cents. I'm an artist in Wellington, and when I was growing up in Ireland in the 80s, I would say to my mother, I'm bored. She would tell me to go out and play in the traffic. <laughs> But well, I always I always opted to make something, design something, paint something. I went on to study a fine arts degree and have my own studio and gallery in Wellington, which I opened in 2003. My point being, being bored was a motivator for me to find something within me to occupy my time. Personally, I think it must be very good for well-being for kids to learn how to overcome boredom. Boredom with screens, however, I worry they don't have to and what that entails. That's a very thoughtful text, isn't it, David Ferrer? It was indeed. I like that. I think that's absolutely true. If, we, if we're just constantly stimulated, which we are if we've got a screen in front of us, then we've got no room in our brain to actually let creative ideas and inspiration come in. It's just not going to. You need to have time when you're just doing nothing. Mm. Someone says, uh, my mum used to say, only boring people are bored. Whenever <laughs> I complained that I was bored, Another one, boredom is an attitude. Another one, activity mothers. They're quite annoying, aren't they? (laughs) We all know them. You're on the panel on RNZ National. We have Nikki Bazant and David Farrow. Very soon we're going to be talking about this um, submersible that went to see the Titanic, that and more. It's time for headlines.